So as we've worked through, again, this, this Christmas season in our series this year, uh, as we've looked at the different parts of the Christmas story, is titled Good News. And our goal for this year was to, to, to see, to experience the genuine Jesus, the Jesus that, again, can truly change our lives. And, and again, the Jesus that was gifted by the Father through this Christ child. And as we've lit the candles around our Advent wreath each week, we started with the candle of hope. And on that very first week, we we saw how hope believes yes, even when our circumstances say no. And we looked at Joseph and his story that day and, and just how he was able to find hope in the midst of what seemed like an incredibly hopeless situation. And then we looked on this week two, we lit the candle of love, and, and we saw how love lives courageously when life gets tough. And we looked at even Mary's story and, and how suddenly life took a drastic turn for her, one that she was not expecting, and yet how she was able to rise above those tough circumstances of what God was calling her to as she, as she accepted God's call on her life. And yet she found that because of the love of God and the love that was shown even through this coming Messiah, that she was able to live above all of that struggle that was with her. And then last week we looked um, at the joy candle and we saw how Mary and Joseph together walked through just the, the events of the birth and, and how it was just one struggle after another, but yet they were able to rise above that and to find joy because joy sees beauty when we feel broken. And that God worked through our struggle and through our brokenness, um, and that he can redeem it all for his glory. And now today, we are here on week four, this, this Christmas Sunday. Um, the last Sunday before Christmas, as we lit the last candle this morning, the candle of peace. And the theme for the message this morning is that peace speaks calm when everything whispers worry. Peace speaks calm when everything else whispers worry. Now, there are a lot of things that we can worry about in this Christmas season. Right? There are all kinds of details and parties and family gatherings and gifts and, and, and travel and, and all kinds of things that we can worry about within this Christmas season that comes with the holiday. But not just the holiday season, but, but just in our lives in general, is there are lots of things that we can worry about. In fact, um, anxiety is something that our culture continues to deal with more and more and more. And yet peace will speak calm when everything else whispers worry. When we have that feeling, when everything's pointing us towards worry, again, the peace that can come from God says, no, just be calm and be with me. And this morning, we're going to dive into kind of the last part of the Christmas story that we haven't looked at yet. And, and again, it's the story of, of the Magi and, and their role in the story and, and when they come onto the scene in the Christmas story. And we're going to read today uh, the story out of Matthew chapter 2, uh, and we're going to start with verses 1 through 12. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, I invite you to open with me to Matthew chapter 2. If you don't have your own Bible or don't have it with you today, there are Bibles in the seats that you're welcome to use. And uh, you'll see on the outline is the page number where you can find this passage in those Bibles. And so as we open up to Matthew chapter 2, like I said, we're going to pick up the Christmas story here, uh, starting with verse 1, uh, where it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. 
King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. And when Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. And it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So we're going to pause there, and we're going to pick back up later uh, for the rest of the story, so you can leave your Bible open. We're going to go back to it here in a little bit. But as, as we look at this part of the story, and, and again, what's going on here, we, we see two different kind of prominent um, characters of the story. Okay, now, you know, each character kind of represents a, a group of people, but the first one we see is the, these, these wise men, these magi. Yeah, as we see them, again, the, the text doesn't tell us much about them. In fact, it doesn't even tell us how many of them there actually were. Right? Tradition says, shows three of them, but that's, that's really based on the fact there were three gifts. Again, the text does not tell us how many of them there were. In fact, there are many things that the text doesn't tell us about the Christmas story that we've just kind of inferred or in, in, interjected into our celebration every year. So first, the first group kind of a characters we have is these wise men. And then we also have King Herod. Okay, now King Herod, again, was, was the, the king in Jerusalem, right? And yet, but he represented many other people. As, as we see in verse 3, it says that the King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Again, it, it wasn't just King Herod, but yet, again, all of his his rankings of people under King Herod, that again, they heard this, this news of this Christ child, of this, of this newborn king of the Jews, and, and they heard it to them, they, it was not good news. Right? Just as the text tells us, they were disturbed by this. And, and you think, why, why would this be upsetting to King Herod? Again, the Magi were seeking Jesus. They were seeking to find the fulfillment of these prophecies, but yet to Herod and these other officials in Jerusalem, this was anything but good news. In fact, Herod was very worried. Right? Not just worried, but okay, what was the source of the worry? The worry was the fact that Herod was threatened by this news. Again, he was, again, he's saying, wait a minute, a new king has been born. I'm the king. Right? If a new king has been born, this is, this is bad news for me. Right? He was deeply threatened. Right? In fact, the only peace that Herod would find is once the situation with this baby was solved. 
Right? The only way that Herod would ever find peace was to find this baby and take care of it. Right? And Herod was all about worry at this moment. And yet we also have the Magi. Right? Now the Magi were here to find peace. They enter the story seeking peace. Again, Herod was looking, was seeking through his worry, self-preservation. And the Magi were seeking feast, finding and seeking peace through the Christ child. And as we look at these two characters, I want to extend this question to you. What are you looking for this Christmas season? Okay, because these two people were looking for drastically different things. And yet, what are we looking for? as a part of the Christmas season, because peace is not something that is on the typical Christmas list, right? We all make Christmas lists, right? We all have these things in our mind and in our heart that we, we hope for through this Christmas season. Now, again, for, for many, it's a list of gifts that we desire, right? Maybe for others, there are different things on the list. There are some relational things or emotional things or whatever it might be on the list. But, but again, we, we have a list. And as we ask ourselves this same question that, that the Magi and the King Herod were faced with, what am I looking for this Christmas season? Again, the Magi wanted to find Jesus, right? But they wanted to find him for a very different reason than King Herod. Right? They were seeking to worship the prophesied king. Right? Now these, um, these guys, as, they, as they're seeking the presence of Jesus, they, they knew something right, that we need to learn. Right? They knew that peace comes with the presence of Jesus. Again, these were, these were wise men. They were well-educated. They were studied. They, they knew that... Uh, the history books of, of not just their own culture, but even of the Jewish culture. They had studied this. They knew about the prophecies of the coming Messiah. And they also were, were ongoing studying. They were studying the stars. They were studying astrology. They were studying all kinds of other things. And studying it enough that they noticed something significant happened in the stars. Right? And they put all of these pieces together and said, hey, um, we, we see this these, these prophecies we know as we study these, these different cultures and religions, we, we see as we study the stars that, that it's all coming together and something incredible and miraculous is happening. And they were drawn again through their study to say we are, are not fulfilled just by the study and, and knowing it's happening, but we need to be fulfilled and to find peace through the presence of this physical child. Right? They knew that peace came through the presence of Jesus. Again, these magi were, were smart people, and yet they traveled for months, if not years, to find the baby Jesus. Right, so much again in our tradition, we, we put the magi on, on our nativity scene. We've, we've got it all fit perfectly into this, this, this scene that we put up on our shelf and, and that, that we recognize every, every Christmas season, right? We've got Mary and Joseph with the baby in the manger and the animals around him and the shepherds and the angel on top of the lean-to. And, and then prominently next to, to the side there by the, is we have these three wise men lined up. Right? And we kind of put it all together in this neat little package and, and think, oh, what a, what a glorious night. But, but as we look at the, the real story here and realize that, that 
these magi were not at the manger. In fact, when we look at the, at the overall story and, and realize that, that, that they weren't there at all, right? That they were definitely a big part of the story, but, but the timeline plays out drastically different than we traditionally celebrate. As we see, these guys, again, had, had traveled likely months to find peace. Again, the text does not give us the, the exact timeline. It also doesn't give us how many of them there were. It doesn't tell us where they came from. Right? There's a lot that the, that the text doesn't give us. But it does give us some clues about these, these, these wise men. Okay, we do know that, again, they had come for a long time. They were not at the manger. Okay, what we do know for sure right, was that they had to travel a long time. Again, travel was slow at this time. They had come a great distance. In fact, verse 11 tells us that they weren't at the manger. It says that they get there, they find the Christ child. The star is still leading them there. And then they go and they, where do they find Jesus? They find Jesus in a house with his mother. Right? There was no room for them that night that Christ was born, but yet they were still in Bethlehem months later. Right? And they had found lodging. They had settled themselves in Bethlehem. I mean, obviously traveling is hard enough, right? Um, in this time, but then to do it with a newborn baby was just craziness. And so Mary and Joseph kind of settled in Bethlehem for a little while and, and found a house, and they were, they were just they were living there, right, raising this newborn child, and then these magi show up. Right now, a, a little more of the timeline that we get to, to infer from the text is we see a little bit later in the text in verse 16, and we're going to read the the, these, these verses a little bit later, but one of the things that we see there is that Herod um, seeks out Jesus after the Magi leave, right? And, and Herod, in taking care of this problem that this, that this, this newborn king created for him, um, Herod literally kills all of the baby boys in Bethlehem. He says, I got to make sure I get him. Now, again, Herod trying to figure out the timeline, right? Because again, he wasn't exactly sure where it was either. And he kind of went based on from what the Magi said and from all the prophecies and whatever. And notice it says in the text that, that, that he sends out this, this task, right, for every boy two years and under to be killed in Bethlehem. Now, again, we, we can infer, right, that, that, again, through the timeline, I mean, Herod would have likely rounded up, right, to make sure that he gets him. Right? And so, again, Jesus probably was not two years old at this time, but he was probably at least over a year old, right? And Because you round up, right, a year over a year. So we, we can learn, again, from the timeline of this, that, that these magi had traveled for, for months, maybe even up a year, to find this Christ child. Because they knew how important his presence was. And that was the only way they were going to find peace. Being in the presence of the Christ child was so important to these guys that they gave a large commitment and, and shelled out many resources in order to make that happen for them. Because peace comes through the presence of Jesus. Again, not just the Magi that knew this. We, we also see this in the shepherds. And we, we read their story last week as we looked at, at the Gospel of Luke. And it's found in Luke chapter 2. But again, the, the shepherds, right, on the night uh, that Christ was born, the, these angels show up and they, they get this, 
this miraculous show of angels and telling them what's happening in Bethlehem. And, and then after the angels leave, the shepherds look at each other and it's like, hey, we need to go and find this kid and, and, and see because the presence of the child means everything. And so they went and they, they, they found Jesus and were in his presence and, and again found a peace that they had that confirmed everything the angels had told them. Because peace comes with the presence of Jesus. Right, this is exactly, again, what the, all these prophecies said about the Christ child. And, and we've, we've looked at these prophecies several times throughout this series, but it, it warrants going back there again into Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. This, this passage that was written, again, thousands of years before Christ was born. It says, for a child is, is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And as we read this, this familiar passage that is describing, prophesying the future of the coming Messiah, yet we see this, this list of, of descriptions and names of of God that is going to be coming. And the one at the end of this list is the Prince of Peace. And then the kind of the next line within, within this, this prophecy, right, is, is we see this phrase that says that peace will never end. Right? How powerful a statement is that? Right? That there is a peace that will, that will never end. Again, once Jesus is around, things will never be the same. Because his presence comes into the world. right, And it ushers in all kinds of things. And one of the things that it ushers in is a peace that will never end. Just let that sink in for a moment. A peace that will never end. Right? Because this is such a huge thing because... Peace in our world, the peace that we know in our world is very temporary. Again, whether it's a political peace or a relational peace or an economic peace or a financial peace, we, we find these things in our lives from time to time. And, and as, as soon as that peace comes into our life, right, it can leave just as quickly. Right? No matter what area of our world that peace comes into, it's very fleeting. And yet the presence of Jesus that brings in a peace that will never end. A peace that cannot be explained in any other way other than the presence of a holy God. His peace will never end. Again, the presence of Jesus is incredibly important. And the Magi knew that, the shepherds knew that, even Mary and Joseph knew that as they experienced the child arriving. And as they walked through these, these first years of Jesus' life. Again, and, and as a part of not just this, this presence of peace that Jesus brings, we, we also realize through this story that, that peace comes because of unity through Christ. Right? That Christ ushers in and brings this peace that comes because of unity. Again, think about Mary and Joseph. Think about the shepherds and the magi and, and all of these, these different characters of the Christmas story. These, were, these people had nothing in common. 
Right? They were from, from different walks of life, from different backgrounds, from even different countries, literally. And yet, they were all unified together because of what? Because of Christ. Right? And the presence of Christ brings unity. Right? We can all have the, the, the ability to be unified with even people very different than us because if we share the Christ child. Right? And we can find unity. In fact, it's exactly what Paul speaks towards and the power of this unity of Christ as he speaks, as he's just even describing the, the first century church in Ephesians chapter 2. Where, where he says, he says, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. And now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. What is the source of unity in our world? It is Christ. Right? No matter what walls divide, no matter, no matter what is between us, no matter what our backgrounds are, if we have a, a, a shared faith in the one true God and the, our Messiah, Jesus, it will unify us together. Again, what did the what did the, the life of Jesus, again, what's so significant about this Christmas story is the fact that this baby grew up, right? And he lived a, a sinless life, but then to sacrifice himself on a cross for our sins and, and to conquer death as he rose on the third day and, and through all of the, the, the power that was unleashed because of this, this life of our Messiah, he is now able to unify everything. And we see, again, the, the, the power that comes through Christ and, and now through the Holy Spirit in our lives because of what Christ has done. He breaks down the wall of hostility. I encourage you to underline and circle that phrase on your outline. Broke down the wall of hostility. Because as I read that phrase, there, there's nothing more that our world needs today more desperately than to break down the walls of hostility. It was true then, it's still true now. Right? And there was plenty of hostility at the time of the Christmas story, just like there is today. In fact, we're going to continue on in the story. We're going to pick up at Matthew chapter 2 with verse 13, as, as this describes, again, the level of hostility that was even present in this time. Matthew chapter 2 is picking up at verse 13. And it says, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And that night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. And they stayed there until Herod's death. And this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. Again, this is a part of the Christmas story that we don't typically celebrate. Right? This is not something, again, that we, 
that we put, you know, represent in statues and put on our, on our shelf through the Christmas season. Right? This is incredible tragedy. Right? As we see, again, how, how Herod um, works through this Christmas story in his life. Right? We see, again, what, that Herod's trying to find peace, and yet through his own selfish efforts creates anything but peace for all of the families and the community in Bethlehem. Right? And yet, we, we again, once again can learn from, through this tragedy and through, again, the, the, the sin of selfishness of Herod and self-preservation, uh, how damaging it really can be. And yet, not focusing on Herod and on this, this horrible destruction, but yet focusing on the other side of the story of, of, of Mary and Joseph and, Mad, and the Magi and, and everything that they played out. And they knew that ultimate peace is the promise of the good news. Again, the coming promise, right? What, what was so significant? Where was this peace going to even come from? Because in that moment, there was not peace. There was brokenness and there was death and there was division. Right, so much, again, that that God had to protect Mary and Joseph and, and Jesus and, and send them on, right? And, and again, and through one more miraculous ways as, as, as the angel shows up in a dream and, and pushes them on. Again, we find, again, the ultimate peace. Like, why was it all worth it? Why was it worth it for the Magi to, to, to sacrifice, you know, years of their lives and all these resources? And why was it worth it for Mary and Joseph to, to change the course of their life and to live into everything that God had called them to do? Like, why was it all worth it? Well, it was worth it because of the promise that was coming through this child. Right, the promise of the good news of the gospel, the, the good news of, of salvation, of forgiveness, of grace, of mercy and love, and, and experiencing everything that we can only experience through Jesus. Right, and yet we, we learn from, from the Magi, from, again, from Mary and Joseph, just how do we truly live into this promise that comes through the Christ child? How can we experience this ultimate peace as we live out the gospel message in our life? Right? The Magi and Joseph both did two things that we can learn from. The first thing that they did was that they focused on the good news of Jesus, not on their own desires. Right? They focused on the good news of Jesus and everything that that meant, not on their own desires. Again, the, the Magi sacrificed a lot to come see Jesus and to worship him, right? Not just these, these incredibly valuable three gifts that they gave him, but, but again, the resources of travel and their time and, and, the, and the lots and lots of sacrifice. And then we think of Mary and Joseph, right? And, and how, they, how much they sacrificed their life, right? And all of the struggles that came with raising Jesus and, and all of the, the social backlash and and all of the details, again, that the text doesn't give us that we can imagine what their lives were like. But they focused on the good news of Jesus, not on their own desires. Right? They made huge personal sacrifices because of the good news that this child was going to usher in. And they knew it was worth it. And then we see the second thing that they did was they heard from God. And they acted on it. 
they follow through. Again, these magi heard from God, right? And again, God tells them, don't go back to Herod. It's a trap, right? It's, it, 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 he's not bringing unity. He's not telling you the truth. Don't feed into that. And they heard from God and they didn't go there, right? They went back a different way. Right? And, and again, Joseph hears from the angel and says, hey, this, there's some, again, so this disunity is coming into this community. You are not safe here. You need to leave and you need to leave now. And that's exactly what Joseph did. It says that night, he gathered up his little baby, gathered up his wife, and said, we're leaving now. Right? They didn't waste any time. They were obedient when God spoke. Again, as, as we think about how do we do that in our lives, right? How do we hear from God? Right? How do we put our hope in, in the promise of what's coming and, and yet be obedient in the moment so that we can find true peace? And we hear from God in many different ways. And we see here, even in, in the story we hear, whether it's through dreams or through angels or through you know, other people, whatever it would be, there's lots of ways we hear from God. But, but the, the, the foundation of our, us hearing from God is with prayer. And prayer needs to be an active part of every believer's life. In fact, Paul, once again, Paul gives us some, some advice in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Right, where he says, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Again, how do we find ultimate peace? Well, we find it from, from prayer, from connection with God, from hearing his voice. Again, don't worry. Pray. How do we counteract worry? How do we counteract anxiety in our life? Paul tells us to pray. And your prayer should not just be a list of requests, but prayer should be an ongoing conversation with our God. And we, we hear back from God in many different ways, just like those in the Christmas story did. But if we hear from God, then we need to act on what we hear, just like the Magi did, just like Joseph did. Right? When we hear from God, then we follow through and we act. And that, again, as Paul tells us, that's how we will find peace. A peace that you cannot explain or understand. Right? A peace that, that, that other people will look at your life and be like, why aren't you freaking out? And be like, well, I, I'm fighting the temptation to freak out. Right? But I'm not freaking out because I serve a God that tells me to be calm. And to not worry, but to pray. And to trust. Right? And and again, that, that's the real invitation of the Christmas story. Right? It's to enter into a relationship with Jesus that, that ushers in what we cannot explain. Again, that, that's exactly the invitation that Jesus gives us. Right? Again, this, this, this Christ child grew up into a man. Right? And that man taught us many things and 
And one of the things he taught us in Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30, he says, then Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. And Jesus is inviting us into peace. I says, just, just give me what you're carrying. I will take it. I will carry it for you. I will give you a peace that you cannot understand or explain in any other way. If you will embrace the gift that I'm giving you. Right, and that gift starts with us receiving Christ as our Savior. By confessing our sins inviting Christ into our life, asking him to forgive us and receiving that gift of salvation. Right, and that's how we start that journey with Christ. And at that time, we receive the Holy Spirit. Right, and then we move, start moving in a new direction as we journey towards Christ every day and become more like him tomorrow than we are today. Jesus wants to bring genuine peace into your life. That is what the real gift of Christmas is. But we have to truly accept Jesus into our lives in order to receive it. And that's all God asks of us, is just to receive and accept the gift. Again, in this part of the Christmas story, we see two drastically different views of Jesus. Right? We see the Magi who experienced the genuine Jesus and embrace the peace that comes with it. And we also see Herod, who Jesus only brought everything into his life Accept peace. And yet we are faced with the same question. What do we really want? What are we really seeking this Christmas? Right, do we want Jesus? Do we want the peace that comes from him? Right, the salvation that comes from him? Or, or do we want to just go down the road of our own sinful selfishness and push him away? What do you really want for Christmas? And my hope is that you will embrace the real gift of the Christ child and invite him into your life. If you've never received him as your Savior before, you can do that today. All right, and if you have received Christ as your Savior, that you will continue to, to open that gift of grace and of mercy and of love every day. And that we will move closer to him every day. Which brings me to my final thought this morning, and that is this. Genuine peace comes from experiencing the genuine Jesus. So what is keeping you from fully embracing the gift of the Christ child? Again, I don't know where you are in your faith. and I don't, I don't even know if you've ever received Christ as your Savior. But my hope is that you, if you haven't, you will. Right? And like I said this morning, again, you can do that today. Pray and confess your sin and invite Christ into your life and say, Lord, save me. I want to open that gift of salvation today. You can just do that as you pray. You can do that in your seat as we sing this last song. All right, and if you have received Christ your Savior, I hope that you will continue to embrace his peace and his mercy and forgiveness every day as we continue to grow and be more like him as we cast our burden on him every day. Whatever Christ is calling you to today, I hope you will take that step before you leave. Lord God, we praise you today as we adore you. 
And thank you, God, for the ultimate gift that you bring through the Christ child. Lord, the gift of peace and of joy and of love. God, and of salvation. God, we, we thank you and praise you today for, for all that you brought through this Christ child. And God, I pray that as we go this week, Lord, as we enter into this, this week of Christmas, God, that we would shine your light in this world. God, that we would show your love to those around us. God, that we would live out the gospel message in, in every conversation, in every relationship, in every interaction. God, we pray that you would continue to, Lord, to transform us as your followers. God, that you would reveal yourself to those that don't know you. God, that they can find what we rely on every day, which is your presence and your love and grace. Lord, guide us in our faith. Guide us as we represent you to this world. Lord, as we celebrate the ultimate gift this week. We love you. We praise you. Guide us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.